Hey guys, this is your boy uh, Pod Nam here, hanging out with uh, the one and only uh, Pod Soar, also known as Munsoar. You're like one of the biggest Laker fans I know, um, and I, I know the listeners remember you from episode two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Way back in the day when I put put podcasting on my Twitter profile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you could do it again now after this episode. I can, I can, I can. A return to podcasting. I think I think people now just put podcasting after their last name. I mean, it's just you know, it's like it's like Jordan. You know, I just took a two-year baseball hiatus and I'm back. Dude, I'm so happy to have you. Uh, where are you at right now? I am actually in Iowa City, Iowa, downtown wow. Iowa City. Uh, preparing for caucus is tomorrow. So, have you had that fried cheese on a stick? No, no, but I mean, it feels like I have. Like, there's nothing but fried. It's hard to be a vegetarian here, so. <laughs> I see, I see. I'm sure a lot of campaign people uh, in AIDS are like, man, I, I just have to eat cheese all day, huh? And they can't be vegan, though. They, I mean, vegan people. And this is the most cosmopolitan part of Iowa City, so. <laughs> like, I can't imagine, other, you know, the rest of the state, you know? So, uh, it's been about, geez, uh, seven days. Um, yeah, seven days since... Uh, beloved slash hated slash uh, spectacular uh, basketball player named Kobe. Did he, what was his middle name? Do you know? I don't know, but I guess Bean. I can't sure. I don't know if it was that. Was that was his dad's name. Right? Yeah, so I guess it was his middle name. His name was Kobe Bean Bryant. Kobe Beef and then Bean. It's just food and Bryant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think everyone's a little lighthearted now. Um, I mean, but it still doesn't go away i think about like now when i say kobe and stuff uh, obviously it's it's definitely always personified it's always been kobe the basketball player but my phone can't interpret the two so it spells it uh, when i do a voice or autocorrect it does it the other way uh, which is very frustrating um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so how are you holding up man you man doing? you know it's surprisingly hard it was surprisingly hard to hear it uh I was like, it was like 11.45, right when the TMZ broke the news, I got it like within seconds. Um, and, you know, I still have a hard time believing it's true or hard imagining it's true. I mean, I believe it, but it's, uh, and it's weird. I, you know, like the depth of feeling that I think everyone's had around Kobe Bryant. Like I've had people text me like, oh, he wasn't my favorite player. I don't know why I feel so sad. It is like, it's like this, you know, I remember the death of Michael Jackson, Prince, um, you know, those were moments we, we were shocked, but they, they became moments of celebration in a way I think there's like much more sadness in this, in this particular uh, early death. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, for, for better or worse, man, um, for 20 years, Kobe Bryant was synonymous with basketball, right? I mean, you either you had an opinion on him um, you either hated him or you loved him. He was like super polarizing. Um, and it's hard to imagine the world of basketball without him. And, you know, I think, you know, LeBron's clearly passed him. But um, if you look at Kobe's career, there were so many people who were supposed to be like in, in rivalry with Kobe. You know, you had um, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady. There's always the next. Those are the first two I thought of, actually. Yeah, like, and you, but you have these series of people, like, oh, there's. Alan Iverson. Yeah, I mean, so, and it took LeBron, like, this insane, like, 
freak of nature, like athletically gifted, six nine point forward built like a linebacker to finally like take the mantle away from Kobe, you know? Um, so and you know, one of the tragedies of like all of this is that like LeBron and Kobe never met in the final when it mattered, you know? Um, and so and now that LeBron's playing for the Lakers, there's like this weird continuity. Uh, but I think that's that is I think that's it. Like Kobe was like literally synonymous with basketball, even if you didn't care. And this is why I think a lot of people um, uh, it resonates with folks. I mean, you know, I my, I wrote the piece in you know my memories of Kobe and basketball in general and how. Well, before you talk about it, so you uh, for your. For your mind and processing it, you decided to write basically an op-ed, a piece on your feelings and what it meant to you. And um, yeah, so yeah, is uh, the title that was the hardest part. Well, no, nothing gold can last is a, the t- that's a great title. Uh, the title of um, a poem by um, oh now I'm blanking. <laughs> it's like when, it's like old age, you know. I can't remember yeah, yeah. the title of the thing, yeah, yeah. but it's you know it's a poem about loss and. Um, and then the rest of it was just, you know, something anodyne, like reflections on the legacy of Kobe Bryant. We had a really yeah. hard time. I had a really hard time, and everybody had talked to had a really hard time finding the balance between being lyrical um, and, like, somber in the way, in, to, in the title. So it was, <laughs> the title was the hardest part. But, yeah, I wrote the piece. Like, it was Monday morning. I got on a plane to Iowa City. Um, and, you know, I was, like, the first time I was sort of alone with my thoughts around Kobe. Uh, my grandmother has died, had died this year, so like I, I like there was, you know, at that time, uh, it's sort of similar feeling sort of uh, overtook me, and you know, I, I wanted to write something about my grandmother, but it just w- I knew that like no matter what I wrote, like it, you know, it just wouldn't have people wouldn't have the same sort of relatability because you know everybody loves their grandmother, but I couldn't find the thing that I could draw people in, but so I had the same feeling. And I, I just like started typing and, you know, you know, frankly, I had like, it was your Instagram post on like, you know, how Kobe like gave you two and a half hours to sit down and, you know, to watch stuff with your friends. And, um, and that was like, sort of like reading that like triggered it all. And I kind of like, okay. So yeah, like from the moment I got on the plane, actually like that's the moment I sat down after security, I started typing. And I don't think I stopped typing until I landed at like two thirty p.m. in Iowa, um, and like the whole time, like keeping my phones charged, <laughs> like trying to keep it going. Um, yeah, like just head down, and I like knocked out around like you know two thousand words. Um, and you know, initially I just thought it would be an Instagram post, um, and then it just I just kept writing, and yeah, the, the you know then like I should send it to a few people, and people are like, this is great, and. And yeah, then the rest is I sort of pitched it to some Los Angeles Review of Books where I've written like other political pieces before and they thought it was a really good angle to like, you know, to take like the the sort of um, the memories of an immigrant (laughs) who came to this country. And I think that's like, you know, uh, that was like what I was trying to convey convey through the piece was how important basketball was. Because, you know, I'm sure you know as like, child of immigrants like this is you know growing up brown in a all-white world is tough and there's something about sports in basketball particularly because it's like super easy to understand unlike yeah. baseball and football right <laughs> they're like very intricate and in like what 
what you have it takes time with basketball you just got to get a ball in a hoop um yeah there's like it was something you would talk about like it was understandable in a world that didn't make a lot of sense when i was seven um yeah. and i gravitate towards it and you know and uh, you know i start off by saying i saw like it started with like knowing like seeing that like thinking kareem was a muslim kareem you know which he was and that's like literally how I became a Laker fan <laughs> was like, oh, you know, this makes My dad sense. Too. I My totally, dad too. yeah. It, and um, but I never saw him play. You know, like he was, they won two championships. He was still at the tail end of his career. Like I saw him play, but like I was young. His, he was he was clearly not the player he was in the seventies and early eighties. Um, so yeah, for me, like Laker basketball, like really like etched into my mind is like Kobe and the Shaq years. Like those were the team that like, you know, I remember most vividly. And uh, um, so, yeah, no. And so, and like my life is full of friendships, like with you, like that have like, you know, started off watching some basketball somewhere and continues. I have, I have a good friend who like for the last, even after Kobe retired was sending me like hit pieces on Kobe that, <laughs> that he would relish because he knew I would get angry and defend Kobe. You're defending so. him all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you yeah. know, I remember that. I remember, you know, just being young and like, you know, I remember like I, I had such good memories of game seven. I had to get up at four in the morning. I was in Pakistan visiting my family. And I got a four to watch it and tried to be quiet. This is the Blazers I, game, right? The Blazers game, yeah. And I couldn't be quiet. I started yelling and screaming. And yeah. my entire family woke up like at six o'clock and find me like shirtless in my like shalvar <laughs> just screaming at the TV. So I can you know, imagine you doing that too. Huh? I can imagine you doing that yeah, too. Yeah, I know. And it was like really upsetting because we had some yeah. family friends visiting, a family, other family visiting, and I just woke everybody right. up. But I didn't care. Like this was, you know, like I was, I was so down for the three quarters, and then the final quarter, I just came to life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that that stuff, you know, uh, marked some very happy times. But I was just trying to say, like, you know, the the whole the whole thing, you know, um, all of basketball like weaves through my life. Um, you know, I've made a lot of friends uh, through basketball. It's it, it's connected me. Um, you know, I came to when I moved to LA. Like, um, I started trying to get a pickup game together, and I become friends with folks through that pickup game. So it's like you know, it's 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 given me a lot, and like you know, um, a lot of happy memories, friendships, and you know, it kind of you know, in a way, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of my like life is you know because of my basketball fandom, and like with Kobe being such an integral part of that not just for me, for almost, like, for so many people that, um, yeah, it, it really was, a, like, felt like a real loss, a loss of, like, who I was and who I've been and made me really think through, like, my life, um, yeah, it brought a lot of good stuff to the surface and losing that just, like, felt sad <laughs> and I still does, you know, I still, yeah. like, I'm having trouble, like, processing it, so. Yeah, I can, re- I can, obviously, I can relate to that, um, you know, we're, connected on several levels of me me and both of you and our, and our cultural identities our uh our um upbringings of you know immigrant family and also passion for basketball i mean the one thing i would always 
I, I mean, I do tell people, like, I know a couple of Lakers fans, and uh, I, I talked about you on, on my last, uh, on the last episode with Drew about, like, you know, uh, you're the reason that I, I was, it was, val- like, I found out in validation that, of Kobe dying. Because when I when I uh, when you texted me, I was driving, uh-huh. and uh, and but right before I was when I was driving, I was at the at the light. I was on Atlantic Avenue, and I was passing in Flatbush, and I was passing uh, Barclays Center, um, and I swiped down on my notifications real quick, and I saw uh, the Citizen app. Um, mm-hmm. or, yeah, and it showed a notification for. Kobe Bryant being dead in Los Angeles, and I was just like, this makes no sense because the Citizen app is only for local, you know, uh, incidents in New York City, and I get all of them as far as maybe Westchester sometimes, but not LA. And also, if it's a generated user based app, then that just like the people reading TMZ and everything are alert, like they felt the same way and shock and in denial and, and everything. So once you texted me, I was literally, well, I thought about you immediately, and it was so weird when you sent it to me. I was just like. I was like, oh man! I was like, I, and and I told this on the last episode. I was going to a, a comedy, a collegiate comedy competition, and I was a judge for stand up and improv, and so I was focused on finding parking and going to see how funny these kids were and helping them assess that and maybe give them some tips on whatever I have. And so, for that to happen right beforehand, but also to feel that I had to turn off everything and also um, t- basically turn you off. I know, I know it wasn't, it wasn't like, like that, but I had to turn off every, all the people I care about and thought about because it was just so much. And then I went into a, a wormhole of thinking of all my friends from high school, like, you know, like my dad watching Showtime Lakers. Every time we wa- we would always watch NBA finals, we'd go to like Dowads, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a whole bunch of brown people and we just watched NBA Finals. There would always be a Super Bowl party, but like NBA Finals, there would always be an NBA Finals, like uh, in front of some large fifty screen like cube TV and uh, <laughs> like some at some brown doc- uncle doctor's house and stuff like that. And like that, those friendships too. Like those are like those are my brown friends that mm-hmm. I would never like go to school with or anything. But those are the ones. So when I thought about you, I'm like, this is a, on a different level. Uh, and I'm so glad you wrote the article. Um, and you know what? What website is it on again? It's on the Los Angeles Review of Books on their blog. Okay, yeah, and so, I'll be sure to put it on the tweet too, and we can talk with it. But like, I remember, I just thought of you because, and I cited you because you were literally in another country and you stayed up and, and you know when you, and watching these games and like every single person in China did the same thing for yeah. Kobe Bryant. You know, mm-hmm. he became the most pop. He was one of the reasons. Yao Ming definitely added, but before Yao, it was Kobe and Michael Jordan, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and those were the players that all of the whole nation of China paid attention to. Right. Uh, and that's kind of that's kind of crazy how Kobe connected with everyone worldwide, even if it was on a small, minuscule level of seeing one highlight. You know, they yeah. knew who Kobe Bryant was. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, I just said, uh, I was like thinking the other day, like, you know, one of the things I'm going to miss most is like defending Kobe Bryant. Like, it's, you know, like, you know, I know there's like this irony around uh, like the, or this like idea of the Kobe Stan as being like, um, as, you know, this like misinformed, like, like doesn't know how to play basketball 
uh, or doesn't know and just like the sort of idol worshiper and like you know frankly i you know i i you know a lot of these guys would like come to me with advanced stat stuff and i'm just like i gotta like i got a master's degree in mathematics man like this advanced stat stuff is not what, <laughs> what i'm trying what i'm about you know um i get it i understand it but like i always was like down for like like a real like bar argument over over Kobe Bryant's game and like we've had, yeah we've had a couple arguments but yeah. not, nothing crazy nothing yeah. crazy but it was like it's been fun you know it's, it was a fun yeah. part of any watching any Lakers game is like you know it, it's you know when I started watching the Lakers right like they weren't like they, the 80s they were better the Showtime Lakers were definitely better than the Celtics in the 80s overall but like you know the New York Yankees of basketball were always the Celtics for a really long time, right? And so I started my fandom when, yeah, they, they were like a close, they were like second, but by the time the odds came around, there was like this shift in the culture and like the Brian Shaq Lakers took the mantle of like the Yankees. And that always like felt weird to me because I like, I remember the time when like the Celtics were also good and they were like supposed to be the best team <laughs> in the history of NBA, uh, of the NBA, right? So, um, so yeah, no, I mean it was it it was uh, so I've always sort of enjoyed like defending you know it's like sort of like defending the heel in wrestling right <laughs> Kobe Bryant was a perfect so heel great. and it yeah, was great was perfect heel and it was, and he knew it too that was a, like that's the whole thing what Mamba mentality the Kobe face I remember people like like people would make fun of it right and it, it, yeah rightfully so it's kind it's of a like Nike Kobe brand thing. yeah like everybody with a branding strategy and the cult strategy too yeah like right so but you know I think he was smart enough to know these things right and that's that's what made him fun as a player right and not like Jordan in that way he was not that like he he made he made friends with all his like rivals you know yeah. like yeah. like. Jordan was not beloved in the same way that Kobe was, like, after retirement, right? Right. right. And, um, and, oh, I mean, Jordan has always been closed off. And also, it has something to do with technology and internet age. Like, Kobe came in 96, mm-hmm. around the internet's, like, kind of peak with, with modem and AOL and 56K. And before mm-hmm. it, you know, jump leaped into, like, the, the future with cable and internet speeds and stuff. I think I had, I think I had just got uh, Comcast high-speed around 97, 96, I was in middle mm-hmm. school. So I was watching everything, all the NBA.com highlights. I was watching all, all the oh, time. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually I got my league pass, like I think in 99. So, Shit. and I was a Suns fan. So I would always watch West Coast basketball late at night all the time. And I, you know, I was, I've always had a affinity towards the Lakers in terms of, because my dad, was a Showtime fan, but my dad's always been an individual player fan. He's never mm. been like committed to so Magic Johnson, Kareem. He's always liked Kobe. He's loved. He liked uh, you know at, at one year he never liked Carmelo in Stockton. <laughs> so and he didn't like the Bulls. Like he, everyone didn't really like the Bulls, but he liked Jordan and, and Pippen. Like mm. he appreciated appreciated them. Uh, and then when you said you know about like the fact that you know Kobe. He was a very smart and, you know, he was accessible to um, all I did the last couple of days, last six days. I think, you know, instead of watching the memories of Kobe and the games, mm-hmm. I I became so addicted to like, and I, you know, I would shed a tear almost every night thinking about it. It's gotten a little bit better about, you know, talking to you. I'm sure I'll be bawling later tonight. 
I would watch interviews. All the recent interviews, there's, it's so mm-hmm. crazy how timely these interviews are because they're within the past year. He's done the Knuckleheads podcast he, uh, with Quentin uh, Richardson and Darius Miles. He's the basketball one with Matt Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. And then he's done even like this insurance. He got paid to like do it in front of a, a conference with this Egyptian guy who does real estate in LA. <laughs> and like, and I've done, I've seen the Jimmy Kimmel special, but like all I've done is just watch him talk about his obsessions and his mm. interests. And the one thing that, you know, whatever, the Mamba mentality, whatever you brand it, the one thing that I realize now more than ever is not just his sponge for knowledge, which I, you know, we were texting about that, but the fact that he had the same mentality to get whatever he needed just like driving into the lane and doing whatever bucket he wanted and finding out by just doing like literally informational interviews or just chats. Like he would just get people's phone numbers, network, and just texting, hey, call me back. It's Kobe. You did it to Zach Lowe. You did it to Bill Simmons. You did it to like all these people. And no one believed this Kobe Bryant doing this, but he was so genuine mm-hmm. and through and through that it's almost like how do you, how does anyone can, if anyone can live their life, in that same mindset, the the uh, possibilities of their success, their life, and everything just comes through. And I I, I kind of believe in the mama mentality thing because it's literally like like the gift or whatever you call it. Like it's it is a very positive mind frame, and I really really I, I would encourage everyone to do that. Just look at the interviews, just watch him talk. Yeah, I, I it's amazing. And I agree with you. I think I think this is the thing. I think you know. Very few people give credit to Kobe. Um, he was a he was a private person, and you know I think I think if you look back at like uh, the rap on Kobe is like you know being you know maybe he was driven, maybe he was kind of a, a, a an asshole of a teammate, but you know like but you know why he was an asshole. Like right. it, it didn't come from a secret agenda. You know no. why he was. Asked. Yeah, but also, but I mean, and I get it. I mean, but I think if you remember, like when Kobe and Shaq were falling, they, they were they were having their falling out, and Shaq got traded, and you know everybody was like, you know, Shaq was always like the lovable guy, um, and Kobe was like this sort of um, the, the asshole teammate. But like if you look at their career, Shaq left every team on bad terms. Right now he's like you know on TNT, and he's also like you know a godfather of basketball, but, like, Kobe stayed with the same team for 20 years, right? Like, he, there's, like, for all his, like, you know, his, you know, demands, I think there was, like, an underlying loyalty and decency um, yeah. that, like, um, and and an openness, um, yeah, that, that I think is, like, you know, I think what Kobe the heel that we love to argue over and the polarizing figure was, you know, now it's like now it's very clear underneath that that was a very much a persona and very much like about like being good at basketball and all that stuff but it was also like you know but he was open about it and he was like willing to like give that of that to people you know and yeah. you know, staying with one team for 20 years you know uh, that's something man i mean uh it just i mean i know um you know i think uh, i remember one of my weirdly famous you know one of the things i've ever found funny Draymond Green I think one of his best uh, shit talking moments came when he like, you know, um, told Paul Pierce <laughs> to sit down 
Yeah, you thought, and he said, you thought you was Kobe, but you're not Kobe. They don't love you like that. Because <laughs> Paul Pierce also did a, you know, a retirement tour. And when Kobe did yeah. it, like, Jesus Christ, like, the whole, everybody was into it, you know? Yeah, yeah it was just, like, a larger-than-life personality. Um, and, you know, yeah, but, you know, I, I you know, um, so, I mean, I, I know I mentioned the decency, and I think we should sort of acknowledge the rape case that happened. Um I in the in the article I wanted to say admit it because he did offer the apology, which practically all but admits that he committed the crime. Um, but I think you know one of the things I've really been thinking, struggling with here, is like how do you talk about that um, in a way that's productive? Um, I think you know um, th- I was in a bar in Iowa City. And, you know, uh, for, well, the night I landed after I wrote all of this stuff, it was kind of an emotional day for me. Uh, my friend was doing an open mic, and so I went there. And um, they, they, there was a lot of, like, oh, we can't have, like, Kobe memorials or Kobe jokes because, like, it felt... Like, they didn't say it was off limits. They were joking about it because if they made jokes, people would be upset. Which, you know, like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm not going to be upset, but, yeah, go ahead and make The internet jokes. got pissed off at Ari Shafir. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so... Right. But like there was like a, the only black comedian of the night tried to make a joke in defense of Kobe and he was like shouted down by everybody and you know it, it was a weird moment because like a room of white men of course. T- telling a black man and any open mic is that yeah yeah, so. yeah yeah no no of course of course <laughs> yeah. uh, and you're just like oh I see like it just is like who what is the agenda right it's like not necessarily sexual violence it's yeah. something else it's like there is like this history this dark history. America of like, you know, that like all of this protection of white women from black men is like built into our, this, our country. Emmett Till. Yeah, Emmett Till, all of that, right? And so I see where like the black men are coming from when they say like, oh, she was making it up. But that doesn't mean that she was, right? And so there's like this whole thing of like the, the believing women, believing victims. Uh, but like when, like in that moment, like I didn't really believe the white men like were doing that. And that's sort of, that's sort of the tragedy of all of this is like, there's no, there are very, there's, it's hard to make a good faith argument. It, there, there are no good p- positions in this case, um, you know, because, you know, on one hand you have, you know, carceral feminism and racism, like, like, you know, locking up black men. And on the other, you have like the real problem, sexual violence against women, you know? Right. And it's, it's hard for me to like, Think about how do you talk about this and the Kobe and Kobe Bryant's legacy in a way right. that's productive, and right. that's been the, one of the most frustrating things. Like, you know, um, who's the right? You know, um, Alberto Bern, Brunco of Deadspin, uh, formerly of Deadspin. I can't remember. Like, I think can never pronounce his last name correctly. Got, got he wrote, media. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he wrote something for Vice, which is about Kobe not it is as complicated as everyone else. I'm like, and that is true, but that's like a that's more profound than he like more profound of a claim. Like we are all complicated by like isms and privilege and oppression. And like, I don't know what the real intersectional approach to this is when, you know, a black athlete has committed, you know, sexual violence against a white woman. Like the history of this is so toxic that it's hard to be like, Oh, let's find some, like, I don't know what, what good there is to find in this. And I don't know. I, this is just my thoughts off the top of my head. No, no, it's true. Yeah, and you know, like, there's also this culture about NBA locker room and women and hotels, and like, it's just because they're the ones that are 
on the road, along with baseball players, but they're they're the ones that are visibly seen the most. Therefore, yeah. why Kobe is a god and why LeBron is a god is because they're the out of all the sports athletes, you get to reveal them and some and undress them literally mm-hmm. because they're just wearing the most least other than WWE wrestlers. But at the same time, you know that culture brings opportunities like this. Unfortunately, in instances like this where it's a, always a he said, she said uh, situation. And I can't even imagine also all the women of color that are never going to be believed. The ones that probably have babies uh, mm-hmm. from NBA players. Like, I know Dwight Howard has like nine or something <laughs> like that, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Sean Kemp comes to mind. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Kenny Anderson, for sure. Uh, yeah, like... All of that is just heavy to even like. Once you go into the Kobe conversation, mm-hmm. it's it's like, well, you know, you're this. Then people are like, well, you know, it's NBA culture now with Instagram too. On top of that, right, right. like it's actually it's kind of interesting because now women have the power on so many uh, levels, and they should never be in the, put in this position, nor should be pressured into anything that they don't want to do influence or anything like that but women have the power to take pictures like this woman that's like a very popular instagram model forgot her name but she's she's taken like video and photos of her next to james harden next to like uh not tristan thompson i don't know next to someone like ben simmons zach levine Mm -hmm. like just like while they're sleeping and just like putting it on blast and now it, as opposed, if that happened, like if mm-hmm. the Instagram generation happened, there would be a lot more clarification on what exactly went down. I think mm-hmm. at that time, and you know, I was a kid at the time, a uh, teenager, so uh, my mind was just hormones. So I didn't <laughs> that I already didn't like Kobe all that much. Uh, I would root for them in the finals because I hated all their opponents, but like I was like, ah, it's, you know, that is something. But now it is you bringing it up is important. I think also for women to come out and uh, talk about it more. And I think Kobe, I don't know if he would ever do that now. I think he, if he was alive and later in life, you know, once his daughters grew up because he just, I think that also triggers something for him. I think he would have helped his daughters, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and loved them as much as possible as he, he's been, as he did. But I think he would have brought the dialogue would have came came up to him you know the conversation he he probably didn't want to have openly that he couldn't say after this until the statute of limitations of something like that left i don't know if that works that way with the law well, I mean, you know but i mean if that. you if you read it, the apology that is like close to anyone's ever come to and it's like a, a, astounding given the what he said the same thing as he's sorry said which is actually two different stories you know like i thought she was having a good time yeah it's a, you know i thought i was having a good time Right. Apparently that wasn't the case. You know? Well, I mean, and you know, I mean, it, mm-hmm. sorry, like you know, no one like questioned consent in that, right? In the same way, it was just more of a dick of a. Uh, but it was <laughs> it was white woman trying to viscerate another person. Of color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, we, no, and totally yeah. in that case, it was very clear. Like yeah. the story exists yeah. only because of Aziz sorry, and I, you know, I don't want to get into that whole thing. But what I would, what I do say is, like Kobe did that apology that he issued for whatever reason, he was never compelled to do it. He did it, um, and it was it's astonishing and shocking. 
nobody else has done it since, and no no lawyer at this point would ever let their client do something like this. But it's it exists, and you know, I think yeah, I think in some of that maybe he was able to find some catharsis and his ability to like move forward right. and to like admit to this crime um, yeah. uh, in some way, like. You know, again, you know, nothing was ever proven in a court of law, so we're all still speculating, right? In some ways, um, and I did. Dead. I think I don't know. I did think of her, and I don't remember her name. I, don't, I barely remember. Uh, I don't know if we ever saw her fo- uh, her uh, photo of her. I'm sure it did kind of surface around the time, but it wasn't that there was no Twitter, so it wasn't like yeah, advertised. Yeah. It was Monica Lewinsky time around that time, right? So, no, uh, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that was like years before, man. Oh, wait, when was it? Is it 98? No, 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 man. It was like 2003, 2004. Oh, shit. It's, like, it's, a, it's after they won three championships and they've, uh, and uh, they, um, maybe I'm just thinking it was after they, they, it was basically after they lost to the Pistons. Oh so, yeah, 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 it was okay, a bad moment, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was. It was um, so, um, no, I mean, that was that was a yeah. hard time for. I mean, obviously, it's the hardest time for her, but like, I think that was a hard time for the NBA fanhood to decide morally, mm-hmm. and also sponsors to decide morally what they should do with Kobe Bryant and yeah. how. They, I mean, he lost just, a lot of sponsorship, you know, mm-hmm. immediately mm-hmm. after that, and you know, I do remember hoping that it wasn't true, but. Um, and, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I bring it up because I didn't really get it, be able, was able to get into it in my piece much. I sort of mentioned it and yeah. sort of like located in the broader, you know, society we live and under, you know, under conditions of capitalism, under conditions of patriarchy and conditions of racism, we, we have to sort of, that's, those are the conditions we live in. So the fact it happened is like, that it could happen to someone like Kobe is like not surprising, right? Or, you know, and but it happens all the time, every day. And I just want to sort of address some of the things that I've seen since then and the way, like, it's been used. Like, um, that it actually, either it's, like, it's been used either to, like, I would say, argue that, like, to make, make like, sell some basketball scores, weirdly enough. And then the other way I think it's been used is to, like, sort of kind of reinforce weird patriarchal norms to this idea of, like, white men saving white women, right? Um, and I think there's a genuine conversation probably happening amongst women, that's different that I don't that I'm not privy to that I think is like the conversation that should be lifted up. And Those I think should that, be lead, led, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's whenever, yeah, whenever yeah. I've seen articles that have like right. grapple with it, honestly, they've been like by women, um, but like usually men, it's been either some sort of like other. It feels like a savior complex, or it feels like you're still making you're arguing like something about you know like Kobe because you know like Kobe's a basketball player, and I think that's been that's been an unfortunate part of this that while and and. The third part, the last part that's unfortunate is like the, the sort of um, the mob, the, vi- the digital violent mob that gets unleashed on anyone who's kind of mentioned <laughs> this thing publicly, right? Because right. it happened right. to the, you know, Washington Post reporter. Um, she was getting death threats when she liked to enter that. Is, again, these are all things that are swirling around. And I think, um, I think if, if something good, you know, if something good can come out of this, death it would be like if we could like start to grapple with some of these like bigger questions around sexual violence and race and um how do we deal with these things without like just throwing black men in prison so um yeah well i mean he's one of the most successful black men that we've seen that hasn't been 
crippled in the sense of like a law, a verdict, uh, a, an act mm-hmm. against the law that other than, and it wasn't until, I don't know, he's 80 something where Bill Cosby, which is completely different. And I don't even want to go down that, but like he was held to a high standard mm-hmm. of like, wow, this guy has done everything for kids, for black people, for, you know, institution of, of even, I think, uh, prison reform as well, like uh, a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, I think Kobe was on that way of trying to right whatever has been wrong and also for his personal conflict uh, in itself of like being able to have the time to spend because he, he sacrificed so much time to be really great at what he did, mm-hmm. you know, and family involved that, friends involved that. And he was he was like, hey, you know, I, I think we've all been there before where, you know, we've gone through a funk of like, we're just busy with stuff, busy with life. And then it's like, hey, I'm alive, dude. Like, hey, well, how are you been? You know, reconnecting with friends. I think Kobe was, uh, LeBron said it best, you know, like we've never seen him the happiest um, than we've ever seen. And he was the best dad we've ever seen in the past three years. That's the that's the tragedy of it all, where mm-hmm. he, he had this opportunity. I thought, you know, he could do anything as much as win some philanthropy awards you know i could see him projecting to that way because he always wanted to know more and if you want to know more necessarily you could be egotistical and arrogant in that way but i felt like he was using it as an asset to himself but also to uh, bring society you know a a different version of him you Mm -hmm. know and show him that show people that he is more than a basketball player which is lebron's whole company undefeated which is that's all about and he was i think the first person other than no, I think he was like one of the first people in, in basketball-wise outside of Magic Johnson um, that's a- been able to do that on a very high, high level of like, I'm yeah, I'm a celebrity because I played for the Lakers, but this is what I'm doing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm building Mamba Can Academy. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking to people. I'm making stories. I'm winning an Oscar, you know, like all that is just, wow. And now, now people have to do that. Like all the NBA players have to do it, but he kind of started that with the internet age, you know, he eventually, he eventually do it. And the one thing he wasn't good at is rapping. And you forget that he tried to rap in the beginning of his career. I mean, you know, you know, it's crazy how I thought of Tyra Banks immediately after, uh, (laughs) and, uh, you know, I thought of that song, both of them, both of them shouldn't have been doing anything. Yeah. uh, (laughs) And then I thought of Chris Webber weirdly. It was like, did they hook up at that time? Does Chris Webber know that? Is Chris Webber and Kobe Eskimo brothers? <laughs> like, it's just like, I just like, you think of all the things and, you know, I, I really, I'm really, I, I was happy with the ceremony. I don't know if you got to watch it. I did. I, I watched it. Yeah. 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 I just was, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was just a little upset that I wasn't in LA. I, I, I sent a friend down there to take photos for me because I, I wanted, I, yeah, I wanted to like be, try to be a staples. Um, well, Vanessa African. did ask for all the stuff that yeah, like, yeah. the important stuff, and I think that's good because then they'll be able to auction off stuff and mm-hmm. uh, help the the foundation, the Vanessa and Kobe Foundation. I forgot what the name of it is, but uh, yeah, was uh, it, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I want to get. Lastly, I want to get your feelings on now the state of the Lakers, and I asked this question to to Drew, but I'll ask it to you. Do you think the world are Laker fans now, and they're they're hoping for this very happy ending where LeBron is holding the ball at the end and crying again, and are they're doing a cheerful speech for Kobe Bryant? 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've thought about this, you know, and, you know, I, I think if it happens, that's great. I, I, I have a, I, I still have a hard time watching basketball and, like, trying to, like, follow it. So, you know, um, it's, I mean, after this, I, I, I'm, I'm very conflicted about how closely I want to follow the rest of the season um, because it is something that feels like, like something got ripped out of me in a weird sure. way. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think they're good enough to win. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's rocket science to say they're probably like a point guard or someone who can like initiate the offense while LeBron rests right. uh, away from winning. I think that people will be rooting for the Lakers to win. I think I think it, it would be a nice bookend to the story, and I think it would make people feel um, like that there's some meaning to that tragedy. But I mean, I think that's where I would. Maybe different. Like I don't know if that's like you know. I, right. I think we shouldn't be bookending it in that way. That it shouldn't be about Lakers winning a championship, right? It was bigger than that. And I think the Lakers winning a championship, or the Bucks winning a championship, or whoever winning a championship, like one of these new guys, like Giannis, or you know, like those sort of like memories. I just saw like um, Lonzo do a cross court lob to Zion for a dunk, right? That's the internet, right? I have to watch the game to see the cool parts. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know what? Like that's what that's what I'm hoping for. More of like I hope that like there are people watching and like there are kids today um, who are like you know there's a, there's an athlete today, whether it's LeBron or you know someone you know what Zion or you know uh, Giannis um, that like yeah they 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 sort of are identifying with it and it's help it's helping them. You know, it's creating relationships for them and creating sort of a foundation around which they can build some real meaningful relationships and friendships. You know, so I think that's yeah. what I got out of it. That's what I hope like the season brings for other people. Um, if the Lakers win a championship, that's great. That would be great for me. Um, I've seen yeah. every I've seen every final they've been in since like '87. So it, I would I would be watching. I it. have too. Yeah. I, I don't remember '87. <laughs> I was three or four, but my dad put me in front of the TV. I'm sure. Yeah, no, um, you know, and I and I remember. Yeah, and I so I've like I you know so I would watch it because I think uh, that's what I do. I watch basketball, and I watch basketball with friends, and hopefully, you know, we'll get to talk more about um, the finals when it happens, and like really continue our friendship through basketball. So that's that's what my hope for the season would be. Yeah, but, no, that's I mean that's a really perfect note to end on. Just the fact that. You know, we want, you know, Kobe wanted to share that knowledge with everyone of all, what's the point of learning everything if you can't give it up and pass it to the further generation. And for us, it's maybe not even the knowledge, it's the storytelling that he was very hardcore proponent on, like us telling stories, you writing something about your life and revealing something so, you know, that could be very hurtful and dark and going through those memories and then also the light of it. It's really, really, really important to share, and we don't really get these opportunities to do that when, when you just want to do it just for your own personal sake. But when it's something that people are paying attention to, then they're more likely to read and you know resonate with that. So I think uh, the untimely death, you know, it it sucks. Uh, it won't it won't be forgotten anytime ever. I think because I'll be thinking of you and other friends and you know whenever i see or something that triggers kobe it'll immediately go somewhere else um, 
Can I just add one more thing before I go? This is for all the haters uh, out there. I do want to like, address them, address all the advanced stats people. That if Kobe Bryant had played in the space and pace era, if he didn't have a a a, 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 a center who like could who did not operate anywhere outside of like five to seven feet, like imagine what he could could have done. Like, oh, better than James Harden. Yeah, by far and by far. Like yeah. the reason he had to shoot over five six yeah. people or. Five six people <laughs> time. No, he because, shoot, the coach. The coach would be coming and the ref. They would be trying to. Block yeah, him. yeah, right. And yeah. so the, the only reason that 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 uh, because you know he didn't have like the people to space the floor like they do nowadays. You know, and like yeah. the NBA had not fully figured out um, how to con- counteract zone defense. That again, the change in rules in two thousand four, right? You know, and so yeah, no, I think I think you know. Kobe would have thrived in this era as well, and he would not have had the reputation of inefficiency and oh like brick, brick laying that he had in the previous era, where yeah. he had to like literally put teams on his back. Like I remember 2010 game uh, maybe six Suns versus Lakers when Kobe just Don't went off. Me. <laughs> I remember that game very yeah. clearly. Just like he could not miss anything in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like they had like yeah. three, four people on him at all times, um, and. Anyways, I did. I, I just want people to remember that. <laughs> that I sh- yeah. So you took a jab at me, right? <laughs> uh, well done. His his brick his brick turned into a meta world piece rebound putback. Yeah, you? right. The Kobe the Kobe assist to yeah. end the game. <laughs> yeah. Man, the Suns would the Suns would have made the finals for the first time if they got that win. I, I'm pretty. I'm a hundred and ten percent sure that yeah. would have happened. Uh, but uh, you know you can't rewrite history. No, that, those are one of the moments I remember. We were sitting down watching that game together, and uh, I, I thank Kobe and I, you know, for that, and I thank you for sharing that story. Uh, so where can uh, one more time? Have you tweeted it? Uh, where can uh, people yeah, find you? You can find me at citizen underscore underscore con. That's K H A N citizen con uh, mm-hmm. with an underscore in the middle uh, on Twitter. Um, I have I've tweeted it out. It's in the Los Angeles Review of Books blog um so i can you know uh if you're if you'd be kind enough to share it in the show notes um and then tweet it out when you tweet out this episode that'd be well, much yeah. appreciated but yeah lots of review books and find me on citizen underscore con uh for mostly retweets and other sardonic takes <laughs> and co- caucus uh notes basically. caucus notes and maybe some yeah, photos yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right well, I mean, I don't know if you can, but I would love to see a photo of you, with you of every single candidate um, by <laughs> my Monday. Yeah, unfortunately, the only candidates that have photos of with is Bernie. So, uh, so, fortunately or unfortunately, whatever. You Brooklyn, want. Brooklyn's own. Yeah, Brooklyn's own Bernie Sanders. But cool, man. Well, I'm sure we'll catch up with you with a whole bunch of LA basketball check in, and then see how you're doing with your. Uh, your relationship with the NBA then. And I mean, you, you, I know you'll be back. It's the love of the game. You can never, never, never go away from it. So, yeah. All right. All right cool, man. man. All right. Later. Pod Boys Productions.